This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. You're from the neighborhood. Yeah. Your neighbor. Well, what's your name, neighbor? Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hello, I'm Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 248. This time around, you are joined by an exciting writer-director who has just released her debut full-length feature, A Dark Foe, in select theaters and on-demand everywhere now, Maria Gabriela Cardenas. This horror-thriller noir boasts a phenomenal cast that includes Oscar winner Graham Greene, Selma Blair, Rebecca Kennedy, and many more. She takes you behind the camera to let you in on the experience, challenges, and triumphs of going out and making a film of your very own, from funding to execution and assembling a dream team. Hear her story of being raised on horror cinema every weekend with her father to eventually writing this movie together, him starring in her directing. We also go deeper into the process with producer Amy Williams. Leave the lights on for episode 248. It starts now. This is Maria Gabriela Cárdenas and you are venturing into the darkness with the Boo Crew. Bruce, where are you? We just found our fourth victim. Same pattern, same tattoo. It's him again. The cradle. You are a highly decorated FBI agent. And you had a full-blown anxiety attack. What is happening to this man? When I was 12, my mother, she was murdered. And my sister, she was taken away. These anxiety episodes will keep coming until... Until what? He can't hurt those girls anymore. Trust me, we're going to get him. Until you realize that it wasn't your fault. The child who became an FBI agent just to find me. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is a vibrant and visionary new writer, director, producer, production designer, script supervisor, and editor who is quickly becoming the talk of Hollywood. After creating some award-winning short films of her very own, she ventured to make her feature debut 
at the age of only 23 years old, with an exceptional cast including Oscar-nominated and Gemini Award-winning actor Graham Greene, Selma Blair, her own father, Oscar Cardenas, who she co-wrote the film with, and the list goes on. She started her very own production company. She is absolutely killing it, and they are poised to release that very film. It's a unique take on the thriller horror genre. It's called A Dark Foe, already getting critical acclaim. She's brought along with her producer, Amy Williams, whose credits include 2016's Mothers and Daughters, among others. We are honored to welcome Maria Gabriela Cardenas, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's an it's honor. Are you kidding? And the movie is amazing. It is. I loved it's it. So Thank good. you so good. I'm so happy you guys liked it. Oh my God, yeah. You know, Dark Foe has an incredibly evolved season and confident look and feel to it. You know, never mind the fact that it's your debut feature, mm-hmm. but uh, it also, you know, the work of someone who really understands the tension of a great horror film. What are the first horror films you remember experiencing that had a strong impact on you? The first horror film that had a really impact on me was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, uh, yes. It was, I was like about in sixth grade, and I remember watching this film and Literally, after I watched that film, two weeks after, I was waking up at 3 a.m. every single night. Oh, no. I was oh, like, gosh. what is happening to me? Because I, I grew up in a very Catholic school, mm-hmm. so so I truly believe in it. And I was like, like I woke up at 3 a.m. and I saw like these dark shadows on the walls. And I, I, I was like, oh, my God, the devil's here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. and, but obviously, over time, like, it faded away. And also... What traumatized me about this is that the main pr- protagonist that played Emily Rose like died of a starvation too. So yeah, it was definitely horrifying, and yeah. that was like my first experience. <laughs> Whoa! Did you ever look deeper into the real story of Anna- Annalise Michelle? No, no. The, the German girl. After I, I after I, I had that, I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to watch an exorcism or any horror film and look at me now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll yeah. tell you that that story is, is really good, and and it's leaked all over the internet. You could find the audio tapes from her her experiences and her exorcisms online on YouTube. Oh, really? But I will say it's the most chilling and scariest thing you'll ever hear. Maybe I should look and at it. Now. Doesn't she start like talking in different languages yes, and things yes. and? Yeah, and it's a sad story because yes, she's she's you know starved herself to death and you yeah, know. yeah. So sad. Well, what are some of the other fil- uh, horror movies and filmmakers that you find yourself going back to now and taking inspiration and, and reference from? Darren Aronofsky, uh, David Lynch, yes, um, Alfred Hitchcock. I grew up watching a lot of Alfred Hitchcock my whole life with my father, so definitely he had a big influence in my work. And like old films that I loved uh, back in the day were. Halloween, like the the Grouch and Sixth Sense. One of your first shorts was 2017's Bon Appetit. Yeah. And it was a horror film. What is it about creating in that space that you like? For me, creating like this space, it's all about, you know, creating the tension between the characters and, and really building up to that moment of suspense. And yeah, I think that's like, definitely very important to when creating a horror and when i did bon appetit actually it was like my first time you know like doing something with horror but it was kind of more like a a horror comedy you know and it it had this character where um this girl has like this friend and she's like oh let me go visit you let's go have dinner at your 
parents' house, and then the parents uh, end up having her trapped in this basement. And then she's like, uh, obviously, things happen to her with the father that also play was played by my father. Um, he was doing the Hannibal character. Talk a bit about the. You're a big fan, as you said, of kind of that film noir, right? Alfred Hitchcock and, and David Lynch, Lost Highway, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Can you describe what film noir is for those who might not be familiar with that style? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, film noir tackles basically on on the idea of having this character that mostly most of the times he investigates and there's this person this lead that that the person follows and then things unravel basically and also what noir is very known for is like their their high contrast and low contrast visually and also like sometimes like narration they also have like specific characters like the femme fatale character have you ever discovered like the uh italian giallo movies it's kind of you know kind of a similar realm of uh sort of post uh i think it was post like what uh, post. psycho okay right? yeah 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 you know up until the 70s 80s you know before it was like the slasher genre before the slasher genre mm -hmm. made it mainstream you know? oh really yeah, yeah. yeah. i nice. think you would love it oh I, mm -hmm. i'll check it out yeah. for sure <laughs> Like for me, like noir films that inspired me were like uh, Sunset Boulevard, more recent, well, not recent, like neo noirish, like Basic Instinct. I had a weird right. obsession with that movie for a while. Which else? Well, Vertigo, uh, North by Northwest, all of those. Nice. Yeah. Now, has your father always been in the entertainment industry? No. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he grew up doing acting, like studying acting, but then he kind of stopped married my mother you know and started like a business career and then me like I started having like this passion for film because he loved film you know it's like he he never like kind of left watching films so we sat like every weekend since like I was like 14 years old it was like mandatory to watch movies every single weekend and that's how I fell in love with film that when I came here to study college filmmaking he saw my passion for it and uh i told him you gotta go back to it and since then you know like i introduced him to all he's like in all my short films and he went back to acting because wow, of that. what a yeah. cool way to connect yeah. too right yeah it's amazing yeah oh yeah <laughs> i i think like working with him is like definitely the one of the best things that I have because it brings us together even more, you know, like it's a father and daughter relationship. But since we have this big passion, it's like we're even closer now, you know, was yeah. that the, was so, that the origins, like the beginnings of Path of Thorns? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Was there one film that made you realize that you wanted to become a director? Yes. And what was that? Wrecking for a dream. Oh, so geez. good! I know. It's hard to watch sometimes. Uh, it's it's so weird when I, when I tell people that I love Wrecking for a Dream, people are like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't mind saying that because I feel it's such a strong film with such a powerful message that right. I think everyone should watch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who's so. your favorite character from that movie? I would say the mom. 
Ellen Burstyn? Yes. Yeah, mine yeah. too. That was, oh she's so disturbing when she's watching the TV and then she gets obsessed with the diet pills. The fridge and, when it starts moving. Oh my that God. scene is insane. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that film so much. Yeah. Can you describe the experience of going out and making a film for yourself? Well, definitely. Uh, well, my my experience with this film uh, started back in 2015 after I graduated college. Uh, my dad came up with the idea, you know, like, let's do the idea of like an FBI agent who's crippled by a childhood trauma and then has a phobia out of it. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So we started writing and it took us three years to write it and then finance it. And then Amy came along. I asked for her to help me. We met each other like in 2015, actually. I worked for her as a PA in Mothers and Daughter. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, in last year, I was like, "Oh, let's go have for di- let's have dinner." And uh, she is such a passionate person. She loves helping like young filmmakers and new talent. That as a uh, since I knew that, I was like, I have to go to her. And she's also like a horror connoisseur. You talk about her about horror, and she's gonna speak like five hours about it and not like be tired of it so you know she said yes and i was so happy and she brought like the this amazing cast to support me you know like thanks to her i had i was surrounded by so much talent that you know the rest is kind of like history because then i had like graham green selma blair bill bellamy tokala black elgin lindstrom like julie gonzalo can see that Play Rebecca Crawford, yep. like I was like, Glenn well, she, yeah, Glenmore Shower, like all these people that I was like, wow, I mean, thank you so much, you know, that you know, having someone that believes in you that way, it's so hard to find nowadays. That that I'm super thankful for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, br- we'll bring Amy in on this. So, yeah. what is it that you saw in Maria that was that light, that X factor that you're like, you know, this is gonna be amazing. Well, she just speaks and you hear it, right? She's so she's so smart and she's got that animal inside of her. And when I saw the first short at her house, I was actually discussing potential financing with her father because I've gotten pr- private financing for different films. And we were just talking. We were introduced and he said, oh, you know, I'm not going in that direction but meet maga and see this short and i saw her short and i was blown away the first short which is the granny, the granny you know yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and i thought oh my gosh this kid made this short film this is incredible i kept raving about it and telling her and then the next she said she would love to work on a film and shortly after i said come on come work with us and she actually got thrown into a scene with selma blair yes which is more than she signed up for. (laughs) She was so badass. Yeah, and Selma was so surprised because when we cast her, we we met for lunch to talk about her character. And, you know, it was three years after we shot that movie that that Amy reminded her, oh, she was the one that uh, acted with you in this little scene. And she was like, what? And now you're directing a movie. Wow. That's so cool. Well, how old were you when you did Grand Guignol? I was... 21. Wow. Yeah. A baby. Jeez. And it was really, really well done. Really special. I'll send you the link to that one too. And Selma is so generous. I mean, she's just a beautiful person. And I knew her and and she, for her to sacrifice and come and take a risk and work with, and I just knew she would, I'm so proud of her. You know, I'm just very proud of her. I was there 
making sure that things were all ha- and I and her father and her there's this thing with them that really touched me sometimes it's like a muse for each other they she would whisper in the headset and I would watch her and she didn't know but and she would tell him that was so good poppy you know and I I would just think it's beautiful because my father was a real influence on me in film and there's such a beautiful connection with them and I've never seen that before I don't even think Leo and I were talking. No. We don't even know if we've yeah. ever heard of that no. before. It's so That's special. Why, yeah, I was, you know, looking this. I'm like, wow, what a great story. I mean, it's like, and and the fact that you know you're both, you know, writing, you know, you're directing, yeah. he's acting, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how does this work? Is there is there a rivalry? Like, does he hate you at the end of the day? Oh no, <laughs> no. Since, you know. I feel like since we have like the same passion for like the same films you know since right. he influenced me so much with noir and crime and horror and all that <laughs> like we kind of have like the same vision towards right. the things that we like so actually we work like so well together obviously there's disagreements sometimes <laughs> right. and we get into these like arguments but then by the end of the day like we're always happy with the decisions we make is it ever like you ever think about it like oh well he's my father he's older and he's wiser so he knows better or is it your director, you know, hat is on firmly and you're thinking, no, 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 no. I have a vision. Yes. I, I, I tell him that like, you have to trust me, you know, <laughs> like obviously I listen to him. Any anything that he has to say, I always listen. But, uh, you know, when, when we're on set, I'm directing and he's the actor, you know, like we, <laughs> we, we definitely like respect each other that way for sure. Like, and he, it's so fascinating to me every time like he listens to me and takes the direction I want, you know, because right. I'm like, thanks, you know, like because he appreciates the my the, the, the way I think. I right. think. Yeah. Amy, so can you talk about the process of getting these wonderful actors involved and convincing them to take a chance on a first time, very young director? Well, it's terrifying for me. To, I'm going to be honest. It's yeah. I've worked for 20 years to build these relationships, but I just love film so much. And I don't like to do half-ass anything. And I want to support her. And I believed in what she was doing. And I really could see this becoming, I just can't do anything. And she loved these characters and she wanted these people. And uh, I just went for it, you know, and you pray and hope that they'll respect what you've done. And I love an actor to give back, you know, give back to, Give back to art and art is generous. I say it all the time. It's not supposed to be selfish. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It was a hard shoot. It was 30 days of Mm -hmm. pretty much overtime all the time. And their first baby. I also have a a gift of being in the other's shoes. And a lot of people can't understand sometimes that Mm -hmm. there's this unveiling. They're from Venezuela. And in the country is a lot of struggle right now. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions going on. There's a lot of financing coming into this from over there. They got more because they, you know, they're, they're making this baby and they both were so emotional. And I was sort of a mediator. And sometimes we'd have the three way where it's two outvote one or it wasn't easy, but I love them. I really do love them. And I knew that, that, uh, and I like to see things through all the way and, and, uh, I'm very grateful for all the talent that sacrificed. And I think they all did an incredible job. And Maria blew it out of the water and really, you know, the editing was another long thing, but I want to honor them, but um, I'm very proud of the film. 
Yeah, I'm very, you know, I was very uh, happy with this cast. I was, you know, so thrilled to see, especially Glenn uh, Morshauer, which I remember him from 24. Yeah. He was, he was the great... most gentle, kind, beautiful yeah. human. And he does 17 different Southern dialects. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was so blown away. <laughs> yeah. He's... He goes, which one you want? And he mm-hmm. kept switching. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's awesome. so cool. <laughs> yeah. He, all, all of them. It was so, so nice to see, you know, because they're so professional that, right. that my interaction with them. I didn't know what to expect, but they were also like so respectful and listened to me. And I told them what I wanted, like for their character to each of their characters. But they also brought like their own little twist and made it even more special, you know? Right. Like, I feel like every character in my film, like stands on its own, you know? Right. From Tony to Teresa to a pharmacist, like all of them have like this light in the movie that it makes you remember them after. Yeah, so. Julie Gonzalo. I mean, she's yeah. incredible. She's great. Yeah. yeah, she was yeah. great. When it comes to directing actors, big time actors like Graham Greene, yes. who you're able to get really nuanced, creepy performances oh, out of yes. her. So, yeah. Another person who would be very intense, other than, of course, your father, would be John Lindstrom, yes. right? Yes. Emmy-nominated yeah. actor, completely yeah. unrecognizable yeah. in this role. Yes. yes. And they're getting really heavy material to work with. There's crazy stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> what were some of your approaches to pulling out these characters from these actors? With them? Yeah, when you were directing. Well, I, I just told them mostly about the backstory and what I wanted for each of the characters. And they were like, okay, let's do it. Like, John... Especially uh, when uh, he got the role, like at first he was uh, auditioning for something else. Yeah, and I said, let's and, make him the pimp. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I wanted him to go against the yeah. grain and yeah. not be the cop. Yeah. I said, John, you're a pimp. He said, let's do it. Yeah, because <laughs> he wanted to do something different as well. So he, so he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, and he was so open to he it when so... I told him now, like, do the applauding when, for your introduction. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And super super open super like listening to everything so yeah that's amazing how was it though first day on set you've got this feature film you're about to make you got all these actors standing there you've never done a feature film before and you're standing there and you show up what what did that feel like it felt like the best day of my life really and it's until today it still is like (laughs) I, I, i i feel like just having a direct, like, uh, my first directing debut, you know, it's, like, the best experience of my life until today. It's, like, it was so surreal, so unreal. Like, and, it, and we had, like, the Star Wagons, like, a million of them. And I was, like, what is this? Like, this is huge compared to what I had in my mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, stepping on that first day, we were doing the mouth shop scene and... I had a blast. I had a blast and I was like, this is what I'm meant to do, you know? This is yeah, my Kenzie life. Dalton. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's just unbelievable yeah. as Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. So you so weren't good. scared for any any no, second? No. Well, I was super stressed for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was stressed because, you know, like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, and, and a million things went wrong because yes. that's film, you know? <laughs> but, but, even we had so many problems, but I was like, you know, focus on the story, focus on your actors, let's make it happen. And, you know, let's have the best story possible that we can have. So that's how I went every day on set, you know, like no matter what. 
just focus on the story. Yeah. The Boo Crew will be right back. Two Alfred Hitchcock thrillers for the price of one. Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie, starring Sean Connery, the screen's most exciting star, and Tippi Hedren. Plus, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, starring Rod Taylor, Jessica Tandy, Suzanne Plachette, and Tippi Hedren. The Birds could be the most terrifying picture I've ever made. Two Hitchcock thrillers for the price of one. Marnie and The Birds, both in Technicolor. I wanted to bring up the kind of centerpiece of the film, which is this brothel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An yeah. insane amount of indecencies happen at this place, yeah. <laughs> but it's also really elaborate in terms of production design. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. secret passageways. There's all sorts of cool stuff going on. How did you tailor the construction of that thing to fit into the story? How big was that set? Definitely different rooms. Okay. And then we we dressed all of them like four days before we shot. And then after that, we were just going room to room. Gotcha. And I have to yeah. give a shout out to, to Cooper, Cooper Vasquez, yeah. who's a long family friend of my uh, siblings. And I he does fashion. And I this was his first feature. Yeah. Wow. And I yeah. made him come down here for different, you know, he's not done this. And I abused the crap out of him. But... <laughs> He blew it yeah. out of the water. Yeah. yeah. And Maria would say, I need the room to look like this. <laughs> and he'd go, yeah. How am I going to do that? Yeah. And he did it. He yeah. kept doing it over and over and over again. Our set was incredible. Yeah. And, and especially for the brothel, like I, I told him that I wanted, like, um, my, my, my two movies that I told him that I wanted to look at, like, was like Breaking for a Dream and uh, Blue Velvet. Oh, so wow. like I I, All I the writing and stuff. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. captures that. That's right. Yeah. So and he made it come to life hundred percent. Like, yeah. And she wanted she loved Red Cream for a Dream, so I brought Vince Costini to do the special effects makeup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he, he worked on it. Yeah, I was yes. super happy when that happened. I was like wow. <laughs> And we had just an incredible DP. Yeah. You know, he's just brilliant. And he was so it was hard for him. A couple of times he would be overwhelmed, but Especially he came on four days before. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. We had to like do the whole pre-production process like four days before we were like going back and forth. She was feeling uncomfortable with the other one. And I thought, rip the bandaid off. We got to just part ways now. It was yeah. really difficult. And I got him really short notice yeah. through my brothers. Again, once yeah. short notice, you got to go to family. And right. that's one thing, you know, that. Like, even though it was the best experience of my life and I'm so thankful and grateful for the whole thing, like, one thing that we saw was that, you know, like, the first day I came to set and the first weeks, there were, it's like all these young female director coming and directing us, you know? Like, at the beginning, like, so many of the crew members were not really happy with having me telling them what to do, you know? But... And I was like so shocked because, you know, like I'm 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 a super nice person. I'm I'm like telling you like, OK, let's try to do this. And I'm open to feedback and everything. But some of them weren't listening. But I was like, you know what? OK, and focus on my story, like I said. And but as the shoot went on, like they saw like the passion and the seriousness I had 
of making this film the best it could be that by the end like it all turned out different and we kind of became a family in the end and they believed in the project but it was like a roller coaster of wow. emotions like crazy like but you know we made it work so yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. super proud super I happy mean, yeah i'm gonna say this i have to it's i've been dealing with that for so many years as a female it's yeah. just and she's a latin a latin female you know i i've had to deal with that a long time just not be respected or heard when you say the same thing 50 times and then somebody else says it and they say, oh yeah, you know, I, I know it's hard to, I'm not bitching. I'm just saying it's unfortunate. And right. I knew, and she handled it perfectly. And you just have hard times when you're making a film of that magnitude in a short period of time. It's a massive group of people. Right. So they've all, all the locations. odds stacked against you yeah. when you yes. go in, right? Yeah. I was so excited when I heard about you. I was like, yes, a female director. Yay, we got someone. <laughs> yes. yes, it was yeah, no, it's really amazing. exciting. Yeah. So. I, I wanted to point out your use of practical effects and, and gore. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you, you use it on Bon Appetit. You used it here. <laughs> yeah. And it is like, you killed you it. Don't, yeah, you yes. kill. You don't move the camera when this <laughs> yeah. stuff's going on. You're like right <laughs> in it. Enjoy it. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's a meal. So, There's like, a lot of blood. Yeah. Are, you, blood. are you like big into that stuff when you watch? Are you a gore hound? Do you, uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. And I, and I feel like it's so artistic in a way it's so and and the way we made that specific part of the scalping oh like, yeah oh my, like, gosh. my gosh for me it was like so artistic and, and it felt it was more beautiful than anything else you know <laughs> that i was like this is how it has to be and and it was the only moment that we were showing like actually how he was doing it so so yeah i enjoyed so much doing the, those gore things but i feel like there's a time and a moment for it you know like like I, I like to use it in specific moments and not like frequently or consistently because I feel like they they need their special like their special moment. Yeah, yeah, it gives it that power and exactly. that effectiveness. When you see it, you're just yeah. like, yeah, because you're walking, you're going along in this story, and then it's shot like it's extra shocking, like it weaponizes <laughs> it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there was also a female um, special effects woman as well working alongside yes. Vincent Julia yeah. Hackney. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Adore. Like she is yeah, so badass. Yeah, the, the makeup they did for Anacona, the daughter. Of, yeah, come yeah. on. Okay, yeah. yeah. Incredible. It took them 16 hours the first day. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. 16 was, hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, those were our days. You know, we had some hard, yeah. because it's a lot. Yeah. The film is a lot. Amazing outcome. Like, I was so happy, you know, like, and the way she acted also, Trisha, it's brilliant. So yeah, it's very unnerving, unsettling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's mm -hmm. really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I also want to discuss some of the incredibly inventive shots that go down, which is amazing because you can already see as a first time director, you know, there's these people like Sam Raimi and Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino and all these people who have signature a style. Right. And you can see your style. And one of the things that there's a couple great, I mean, there's a lot of great shots that you can kind of, you know, that are becoming your style that you're showing us here. One of those things that I really loved is that trip where you send the camera through the air vents. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it comes out into another scene. Yeah. That is great. Thank you so much. How was that physically achieved? How would you do that? Well, we did that with VFX. Cool. Yeah. And 
I wanted to do that specific shot because I wanted there's two worlds for me in this film, you know, and that was my way to introduce the audience to this new underworld that we're going through. That's the cradle. Gotcha. Yeah. And By the way, where did the idea of of Graham's character, the, the cradle, come from? Well, you know, we wanted to make uh, a distinctive serial killer, you know, so so we were like. A Native American has never been a serial killer, so let's make it right. happen. <laughs> That's how it came about, you know? And then we started researching a lot, you know, and we felt like the scalping and, and make it relatable that he's not just killing people to kill, but just right. to save his daughter, right? you know, was going to make him more three-dimensional and and also people for to care about him, even though he's this crazy person <laughs> very crazy <laughs> uh, so and also I, the the cherokee was re, you know that we wanted to honor them and not be disrespectful exactly, at all yeah. right we we had a translator and all that stuff to write that correctly etc yeah. yeah we were a little worried about that yeah oh yeah like because you never know how people are going to perceive that you know sure. like but it's risky, but at the same time, you know, we have to show people new things, new things that have never been seen. Right. So, so we were like, we just gotta go with our God and make it happen. Like, I loved Tim Jones' score, and it was sweeping, and it had this romantic darkness, and it really gives a film a really one of a kind tone. How did you find this perfect sound? It's just, it's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love, I love Tim. First of all, he's so talented. Well, when I started speaking to him, I, I told him that I wanted the noir and horror to intertwine, you know? And so we started exploring and and we went from like, you know, this rural the rural world of Tony Cruz and then I told him like for him it's like redemption and then we go to Rebecca Crawford and this is the part where we bring the the noir strings. And then when we go to the cradle, we are going to like bring the terror and the horrific score like alive. But we also uh, played with that when we did like the contrast when when he was killing the victims by playing the lullaby. Oh, my God. That's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) When I I was a kid, uh, there was these movies like uh, I think one of them might have been Don't Go to Sleep. Maybe it's the one with the pizza cutter. Oh. I, I swear it has like the Brahms lullaby song in it. Like, oh, you know, yeah. The music box. Yeah. And like, as a kid, I'm like, that's supposed to be a nice, peaceful song to go to sleep to. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare-inducing song. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, Tim, I feel like Tim, he, he's so wonderful. He's done like Marvel films, you know, like yeah. Thor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so when he said yes to help us i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> was that another amy were you directly involved in getting him enlisted him through so sorry through sound they sound got him yeah. through their the sound guy yeah. the sound guy is great too yeah paul paul, paul ratayak yeah he did paul ratayak yeah. yeah and we why not put a nice big cherry on the sunday i mean you can't <laughs> do something uh, we both think alike in that way we we like to do the thing right you know yeah even if it's a new artist, you give somebody a chance. I right. tell her, somebody gave you a chance. That's something that's just really important to me. There's a first for everybody, you know? And if somebody's given the chance and the support and the love behind them, it's amazing what people can do. I just really think it's such a shame how many stories are out there that don't get to be told because 
people don't believe in them or even listen to them. And I, I'm really about finding those diamonds and helping them to tell their story because art is so fantastic and sacred and we're missing out on so much, you know? I just think it's, I'm so excited with what she came up and she turned 24 when we wrapped yeah yes. Aww, <laughs> nice. we had a party yeah birthday. That, that was another thing i loved it's like my favorite birthday of all time because i also <laughs> spent my day you know my doing my first feature it was my birthday <laughs> and we were shooting one of the scenes of the cradle at night i was like oh my god oh wow <laughs> that's crazy did you have a party in that <laughs> brothel <laughs> <laughs> yes kind of well we actually had the shit box right yeah. oh yes oh my god oh, that my was brother-in-law insane. made that really oh, yes okay. yeah. wasn't easy what I mean, was it what was, that the... was inside was cream that... Uh oh! Spoiler alert! <laughs> was, was, that, was that payback to your dad for something? Yeah. <laughs> like, why were you pissed at him? Why were you? He upset? loved that thing. He, he wanted. He, it. he so, knew it was coming because oh he God. wrote it with me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's that. That's one part, and then the other part's the pharmacy part. I'm like, this is oh, funny. Yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I really love all of that. He actually part. suffered a little because it, it was so late at night, and that was so cold that. But, <laughs> yeah, I was worried know. about him. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Like my first child, I kept everything. Like, so this is your first feature film. Did you keep anything? Did you feel like you were going to keep any props or any costumes from it? Just as we, a memento? We kept the three tiny wooden male figures. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 I also have the daughter's dress. Yeah. I save everything. Oh, I'm wow. sentimental. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And way. that's a custom made dress. My, old, my youngest daughter is a dancer at NYU and her costumer made that and she's so wonderful and she made it so with so much love and Cherokee yeah. style. Mm -hmm. It's wow, official. Right. She researched and wow. so I have that. Yeah, I saved yeah. a couple things. The sign for the ice cream store. Yeah, oh the atelier sign as well. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we saved a couple things. Yeah. It's so amazing to hear that this movie was filmed in Los Angeles mm -hmm. because a lot of production seems to be not filmed here anymore. I know. So it's like was that a nightmare for you guys? It was. Yeah, for sure. Permits and neighbors mm. and... Yeah. It was specifically... That's Path of Thorns title came for good reason. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what Oscar came up with. I mean, for me, it was... I was hallucinating. Okay, let's just face it. We were shooting a lot, but I never give up. And, and we went over what we thought we were going to do because they kept growing. And what I was trying to say before is that you have people... You just don't know. And then suddenly you go, I want red over there. And I want, and I just kept supporting it at times. It was like, oh my God, we need a new location. We need a, and before you know it, you're getting flipped. And mm -hmm. I'm very respectful of the union. I just did five unions with rock, paper, scissors. And that was, that was a, you know, I, I always support it, but that was a big shock for sure. We were shooting wow. and we had to yeah. do that. And it's okay. This is a yeah. podcast. But I'm going to be honest. We, I shoot yeah. from yeah. the hip, but we, we did learned. what they yeah. said. We did everything they yeah. said. And we flipped and it got more expensive mm -hmm. and we just kept shooting. And uh, yeah, it's not easy to yeah. do something like Next that. Next film, I'll do it somewhere. We'll right. be more prepared, <laughs> but you can never be, you can never be uh, regretful. I want to say this very clearly though. I am grateful for every single one of my people that helped and supported it. And it wasn't easy for them. Right. And I'm eternally grateful to them for helping us and helping Maga, you know, she was stressed. She was young. There was a lot going on, but we have this incredible piece of art. It's something to be proud of. You know, yep. it's sacred. And oh, yeah. sometimes we're grumpy when it's happening. And then 
later were grateful. And I hope that they're grateful when they see it and yeah. everything. But I'm grateful for them, all of them, for being there for us. So at the end of the day, how proud of you is your father for what you know what you made? I think he's very proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Like he always tells me, I'm I'm so proud of you. You know the way you've grown. Like for the past few years since I started like pursuing this as a career. And yeah, like we want to continue. You know, we want to continue making films together and write together. And he acts and I direct. You know, so that's really cool. So talk yeah. about you did end up forming a company. Yes. Right, a production company. Yeah. So uh, again, let everyone know what it's called and what the motto is, what the goal is for this. Yeah, it's called uh, Path of Thorns Entertainment. And we want to become a production company that it's doing many films in a year, you know. Um, we actually have two uh, in development right now, two more horror films. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. Called The Boss and The Man with the Lion Face. Wow. And uh, yeah, we, we want to start with uh, we want to focus on horror and thrillers. That's our thing, you know? So we'll see what happens for sure. And then we have alongside our amazing Amy that I'm so happy that I we met, you know? It, it's crazy how, how how life circles you, you know? I love her. I'm very proud of her. She makes me cry. Aww. Aww. <laughs> this is so sweet. It's so weird, right? Like, like to find that here. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt that the first short film I saw, I knew. And I do love the way that her and her dad love each other. And that's very special. Yeah. No, that's, that's extremely rare and, and unique. And yeah, it should be celebrated for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Since uh, Halloween is on the horizon, uh, what do you do on Halloween? I normally go to the Mesa's, like Halloween yes. Horror Nights. Oh, cool. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. You're one with, of us. You got to come with us. You got to come with us now. Yeah, I would love that to. Would be so fun. I love going to those. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Because I, I scream, but then I laugh, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She laughs like that. Yeah, exactly. You or even me. worse, like, I, if I laugh, like, I, I'm such a, like, loud laugher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that's cool what are some of your favorites yeah. like if you've done you see, you've, you've done Universal Horror Nights that's have, the one I do the most yeah mm. that's not not scary farm yes not yeah. scary yeah. farm yes. have you tried that yeah. I love that one what about okay there's also Reign of Terror which is oh, really a good fun one too. I haven't Where's done Reign of Terror Thousand it's, Oaks Thousand, yeah. Thousand Oaks yeah, yeah it's okay. got like something like 600 rooms yeah it's like it's one like, long oh God, like, set yeah. with like 600 <laughs> we rooms we should go to that you guys would love it above a gold's gym weirdly enough it's above yeah. a gold's gym yeah. so like they have access to it throughout the year <laughs> yeah so they're constantly working on it oh my so god so it's not like they have to take it apart and put it back together so it's just been getting yeah sweeter really and sweeter over the years it's no beautiful award-winning actually yeah yeah it's we so should awesome go. yeah and it's a good it's a good like what the maze maybe 35 40 minutes to get yeah. through and just one continuous experience but yeah. it is like it's intense there's one that actually reminded me a lot of certain scenes in the film, really? actually, in terms of how the score worked with what I was seeing and the, and the intense production design that shines in this movie. And that is uh, Delusion. Have you ever been to any of the Delusion experiences here? No. And it, it's uh, kind of like a, a roving haunted play theater company that yes. they started doing wow. in LA. And it's uh, the stunt guy who does like... The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight and stuff like that. So oh, he cool. take he writes a play 
and they search for a different historic building in LA. And every year they do it in a different historic house or an old hotel. Oh. And they fill it inside with, they rig it with the stunts and stuff. And then they do a play. Oh. And the play is scored. So as soon as you walk wow. in the house, it's your little group. It's like limited to 10 people or so. The score kicks in and you become a part of this movie that's living right in front Whoa. of you. And it's a very wow. a beautiful experience. It's yes. actually haunting and a beautiful experience. But it really did remind me of watching yes. a dark foe it did oh, wow <laughs> i need what a compliment go. right yes. <laughs> so um, but yeah so nick the phobia are you afraid of the dark i'm not well i was when i was little oh yeah yeah 100 percent. i i always had to to sleep with the light on not not the whole light just like the little lamp <laughs> for a while but but after that i i overcame it but but yeah just when i was little now i'm not so what scares you what scares yeah. me yeah mm, i don't know well scare for me it's like more like insecurity like safety for my family <laughs> right. exorcisms possession exorcisms. <laughs> for sure yeah. Yeah. even though I, i'm not that scared anymore about that i still believe in it so i do that. i'm there too that's yeah. why i don't that's one genre that i have a hard time watching, watching? like any yeah. of those possession leo's yeah. all about that stuff yes. he watches really? all yes. of those things yes <laughs> but like we're like there, lauren's the same way there's yeah, a great no. movie on netflix what is it called veronica have you seen that one no oh you gotta check that out yeah, what, what do you mean she's got to check that yeah, 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 no, it's, about, it's about okay. possession yes. people playing with Ouija boards and stuff yeah. happens that's but, Leo's jam but, but it's based on a true story uh, even worse <laughs> it was so good yeah. this, this young girl uh, in Spain Spain her, uh, can't remember her full name but it's mm-hmm. Estefania Gutierrez anyways this really happened to her and it's the first time in Madrid Spanish uh, law enforcement that a case was actually documented as paranormal you have to see it it was yes. so well done okay <laughs> <laughs> we can watch it as a group yes, <laughs> right, and then right, discuss so. it <laughs> right yeah come back and we'll discuss it that'd be awesome have you ever experienced anything like sort of paranormal or thought you did or no i think the only time that something bad happened was when uh, after i watched the exorcist right yeah right but i swear it was awful like no joke every day i was waking up looking at the the clock and it said 3 a.m i was like this can be happening this can be happening but it's all psychological you know i was like i was a kid and watching that i was like oh my god i cannot wake up at 3 a.m and then i wake up at 3 (laughs) a.m that's the power of a good movie (laughs) (laughs) now people will be thinking that when they watch dark foe they'll be afraid of the dark (laughs) the the walls are gonna start bleeding and uh and talk about that it's so good right like the blood now was that practical or digital digital it looked yeah, great yeah, though. Yeah. Matt Santor is the guy that worked on it. Okay. He, yeah, he did such a wonderful job. Wow. See, wow. the best digital is when you can't tell that right. it's digital. Exactly. Yep. Right? Well, that's, good. that's good to know, right? <laughs> yeah, like coming out of the wall socket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys, Maria and Amy, thank you so much yes. for joining us. Thank you so thank much you. for having it's us. It's seriously yes. been an honor and congratulations yes. on the birth of this incredible achievement and thank I you. can't wait for everybody to see it. I know, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I can't so wait grateful. either. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Yes. Yay. Yay.
That was the Brew Crew Podcast, episode 248. Special thanks to Maria Gabriela Cardenas and Amy Williams. A Dark Foe is available in select theaters and on demand everywhere now. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, for horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.